Well, we as soon as we start, the train goes by. <laughs> it does it every time. Oh man, they do, they do. Uh, welcome back to the Career Marketing Podcast. Um, we're at the Twisted Willow Barbershop, and this is Aaron. What's up? Aaron says, "What's up?" Uh, I'm excited to be here. Uh, we scheduled this two weeks out, and he was super cool with it. And it's probably one of the easiest podcasts I've had to schedule. So, what were you doing before you started cutting hair? So, before I was cutting hair, uh, I was actually selling cars. I was working at a dealership in Lexington and worked at, you know, a couple other dealerships prior to that. And it's just, um, I didn't really have a life. I went around my family, you know, I was working six days a week plus, just nonstop, go, 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 go. And I had to make a change. And I had a cousin that went to barber school and, you know, he kind of was pushing me to do it, and my mom was like, yeah, you know, that'd probably be a good idea, and my wife was like, you know, whatever you want to do, so, yeah. and she's like, anything would be better than where it is right now, so that's how I ended up in barber school. Yeah, yeah family family will give you a dream sometimes. Yeah, yeah it really will. Um, so since you've been doing it, has it been like, a, well, you know that experience people say they knew when they were a kid? And like they just fell in love with it, went to college and did it. So whenever you started doing it, did you get that same feeling that people describe? I did. I had no clue. My mother was a cosmetologist, and I had no clue I was ever going to be cutting hair. Yeah. Ever, ever. And uh, when I was in school, I wanted to be a doctor. I wanted to either do anesthesia or be a um, like work with kids. You know, like a pediatrician type deal. And, I had no clue I'd ever be a, a barber or be doing what I'm doing right now, but I'm thankful for the people that I had in my life that kind of steered me in the direction of doing this because I wouldn't be where I'm at right now if it wasn't for for that, you know. And the kind of uh, home time that I have now, the, the kind of time that I can bring my kid in here with me and my, my oldest son, you know, and we can spend time together all day and, you know, I couldn't do, and there ain't no other job where I can just bring my kid to work and be like, yeah. "All right, man, hang out." You know, yeah. you know, you can't do that everywhere. So, it was one of them kind of things. Is, you know, it's really good to me is to be able to spend time with my family. You know, now we got two more. We got a little girl, and our youngest little boy is he's seven, almost eight weeks right now. So, I mean, it's been it's been crazy. <laughs> so, how big is the family now? Yeah. So, like I said, there's me and my wife and. My oldest son, Josiah, and then uh, Lydia May, and then our youngest, Abaja Avery. So there's five of us. We got a full house. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so I saw, well, the first time I walked in, I saw a big old picture of your son playing football. Yeah. It's, uh, it's, does he want to be a football star or is he interested in cutting hair? He's definitely not interested in cutting hair as of just yet. He told me the other day, he's like, Dad, it's kind of weird, you know, you're touching people's heads all day. <laughs> he's like, he's like, I don't know how I feel about that, Dad. It's kind of, it's kind of weird, man. And uh, the football thing, like, he he he's still young, and he he doesn't have the tenacity or the drive. You know, he really don't know what he wants to do with himself. So it's like he plays football, and he's pretty good at it. You know, his team won a championship this year, and – um, that's awesome, but I think uh, I think it'll be, you know, by the time he's in like middle school before we really know what he's going to do with that. 
you know, what he's going to figure out what he's going to do. I don't know. So, <laughs> so how long you been? How long you been doing this? Did you cut hair before opening this, or did you go right into opening it? No. So, um, <clears throat> I went to barber school in January of 2016, and I started cutting hair in a shop in March of 17. So, 17, 18, 20. So, it's 2022. So. Where's that put me at? Seven, seventeen, eight. So That's five years, right? Five years. Yeah, I'm right at five years doing this, and it seems like a blur because there's a lot of people, you know, that have, that I've cut their hair, whether it be here or at another shop. I've had people that I cut in 2017 track me down and come down here and get a haircut at this shop. You know, I had a guy drive from Red River, Red River Gorge the other day. I've got a guy that drives from almost Louisville. Dang. About once a month, he comes in here and gets a haircut, you know. Um, <clears throat> and that that makes me feel really good, knowing that people are willing to drive an hour and a half plus to come get a haircut. You know, like I, I didn't realize that it was going to be that big of a deal, but it's <laughs> it's starting to be more and more that big of a deal you know and where i'm having people travel from out of the county out of you know out of the surrounding counties coming in to to get to get haircuts but uh back to your question you know i when i got out of barber school i worked at a shop in lexington and uh it wasn't really for me the the shop the way it looked was fantastic it looked like it looked like they'd been there since 1940 or 1950, yeah. and I love that. But the way the shop was set up, um, as far as how we got paid and how it all worked, you know, it wasn't it wasn't the best for for me. You know, I, I didn't like it. I didn't like the way all that the backside of it was. Yeah. You know, and I'll be honest, I got out of barber and I, I quit for about seven or eight months, and I was like, if that's what barbering is. Then that I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to. I'm not going to do that. That's what barbering is. I don't want it. So I left there and um, I went and did some uh, millwright work, hanging steel stuff like that. You know, building machines, putting them together, setting them. And um, when I came back into barbering, I went. I was working at a shop in Stanford, Kentucky, and those guys. You know, the one that lives almost in Louisville. Yeah. Popped up in Stanford, Kentucky, saying that I posted on Facebook that I was cutting hair again, and I was like, "Holy crap!" And then I started having guys drive from Lexington and Nicholasville, and people that had came and seen me at that first shop started driving to Stanford to see me. And I've been out of the business for seven, eight months, and haven't cut any of them's hair, you know, in seven or eight months. And they're like, "Oh man, we heard you're cutting hair again. We're gonna come see you," you know. So um, that's when I think I really realized, like. I might be all right at this, yeah. you know. <laughs> Maybe this is what I need to be doing, you know. And then uh, the guy I worked with there, he was really cool. He was a really good guy. And uh, I ended up getting an opportunity to go to Richmond. And uh, I went over to a shop there uh, right off of Big Hill Avenue. And I worked there for probably seven or eight months. And then uh, I kind of got recruited to go to another a big shop in Richmond. They were like, "Hey, this guy left. We we want you to come over here and work with us." So I went over there, and 
that place was what really um, opened my eyes, I guess, because the first shop that I'd worked at was was an appointment only shop, and it kind of had this exclusivity to it. Yeah. You know, the the next two shops that I'd worked at, the one in Stanford, the one in Richmond, the first one in Richmond, was uh, you know, just here all day. The 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 um the second two shops that I worked at, they were more like uh they were good old boy cuts, you know, just high and tights, flat tops, just in and out, you know. Well, when I went to this the the shop I worked at before here, it's uh it's up in Richmond right off the bypass there. Um when I went there, it was like back to back, nonstop, and it wasn't just the good old boy cuts, it wasn't just high and tights and and flat tops. It was a whole wide spectrum and it was just non stop as hard as you could go. And I was like, Holy crap, man, what have I got myself into? <laughs> because I mean you had people coming in there that were wanting like pompadours and slick backs and hot you know, hard parts and you know, and then I mean I even had guys on the EKU football team that were coming in and they were wanting like them little taper fades and yeah. you know, like it was just a broad spectrum. I mean, it was just like a melting pot of people coming in there. And uh, it really changed the way I barber. You know, it, it didn't change my foundation, foundation. you know, the foundation that I had in barbering. But it changed my mindset to where I don't, you know, I don't care about texture of your hair or, you know, uh, how coarse or how fine it is or not, like... I've done so many haircuts that I just had to figure it out. You know, I had to figure I didn't have a choice, you know. Um, there's some shops that they only cut straight, you know, straight hair, you know. And then there's other shops that, that only do curly hair. And then, you know, like that place was just a huge melting pot of all these different, like just a conglomerate. And uh, that really kind of changed, like I said, the way that I barbered and the way that I looked at it. And... um you know, <clears throat> when I left there, it was right after the pandemic had ended. Well, it, it hadn't ended, but, it you know, it had kind of eased up, and they were starting to let us cut hair again because we got cut off. You know, we couldn't cut hair for, it was like three or four months, something like that. And uh, I left there, and uh, to be honest, the biggest reason I left there was because I wanted to do appointments. I was like, let me do appointments. I'll just cut my people and then if I have time in between, I'll pick up walk-ins to help the shop, you know, help the the, the general walk-in traffic. But um, that wasn't an option in that shop. So um, that's what brought me to where I'm at now because now I do, I do primarily I do uh, uh, appointment only, but I also offer walk-in availability. You know, if I have time in between a haircut, I'll get somebody. But I've got to the point now that I'm so busy that I don't, I don't have time for walk-ins, which has really started to help Mark because where Mark is fresh out of school, um, it's it's gave him the opportunity to be able to uh, to pick up a lot of that overflow yeah. that that I just I can't get to I can't physically do it I can't I can't get them all you know so it's really helping him out but did that answer your question Yeah <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry I got on this big thing but like no it was good. It was like, 
it just reminded me of the when I first walked in, I started talking to Mark, and Mark was uh, describing what he was doing before he came in and how you got him in. And it's interesting. It kind of sounds like you guys are doing the same thing. And this is his first shop, right? Yeah, this is the only place Mark's ever worked. And he's, he's, he's talking about how much he really loves it. So for both of you guys who I assume you went a little later in life uh, to barber school, and Mark definitely did. So what's the feeling like of doing this? And it's like, I actually like this. Well, the <clears throat> I don't know how many people I've told this to. And, uh, but it's really not like I'm going to work every day. Like, yeah, I go to work and I make money. I have bills. I have things that stress me out. You know, I got three kids and a wife and a mother-in-law. And (laughs) so, I mean, I got all them things going on, but like in here, in this, in this, inside these four walls that take care of me and my family, I'm really just in here shooting the shit with my buddies. That's it. That's really what it comes down to. Cause like. I mean, it's even to the point that my little girl thinks everybody in here is our family. Yeah. So my little girl, she don't, she'll just climb in somebody's lap and not even care. Like she's just like, "Hey, what's going on?" You know, and start talking to them because she thinks everybody in here is family, and that's kind of what it feels like. You know, it's like I'm in here just hanging out with my buddies, and yeah, they're getting a haircut or a beard trim or a face shave or whatever, but it's not work. It doesn't feel like work. Like yeah, at the end of the day, I'm wore out. I'm mentally exhausted because I've stood here and I've had. You know, 10 to 15 different conversations with different people about different things. And and my mind is just racing. And it takes me a minute to unwind, you know. And, yeah, I'm standing in here on my feet all day. And most days I don't get a break. Most days I don't take a lunch. Occasionally, if we're not busy, you know, we'll, we'll take a lunch break or something. But it's starting to get more and more like we're just busy all the time. Yeah. Just constant. So I saw... Speaking of busy, because I every time I walk in here, you guys are cutting every time, and I guess, I guess it's been maybe three times I've come in, and I see the uh, I think the third barber barber chair. You guys thinking about bringing in another one? Well, yeah, we've uh, I've actually got somebody in mind, um, just depending on how things go and and stuff like that. And we've got a few things we got to iron out with uh, with what what that's going to be, you know, but. I think there's a pretty fair chance that within the next few weeks we'll probably may end up adding another barber in here. Mm. So I'm, I'm I'm looking forward to it. Um, and growing is a good thing. And I've got a lot of changes that I'm wanting to make to this place. You know, this it ain't going to look like it looks right now. That's for sure. You know. Yeah. Speak speaking of looks, I did want to ask about that because this barbershop reminds me of what because you talked about this earlier the 40s and the 50s and it looks like one of those old school barbershops yeah. and it's it gives you that really nice family feeling like you're saying coupled with the fact that you have an owner and another barber that's make make you feel like family when you walk in so what's made you what's drawing you to some of that old school barbershop look well when i was in barber school there was a there was a couple guys from Rotterdam that started a barbershop. It was actually eleven years ago, um, like two or three days ago. Like they just celebrated their eleventh anniversary at their barbershop, 
And in their town in Rotterdam, they uh, <clears throat> there wasn't another barbershop. It was all salons. And they were actually going to name it like the Great American Barbershop because mm. that's what they wanted. They wanted that 1940s, 1950s, you know, early 1960s barbershop feel, you know. And uh, they ended up not naming it. They ended up naming it Schwarm. But um, that shop really, it wasn't just that shop. It was their techniques, the way that they cut hair, like, and it ain't it ain't necessarily to say it was their technique. It was just their style was a big part of my foundation, and those old school haircuts that you know really boomed in the you know 2014 up until here recently. And I mean they're still pretty popular. You know the the old school haircuts, the pompadours and side parts and all that stuff. You know. That was really the feel that they had, and I think me being so into what them guys were doing, I think that's what's really pushed me towards that old school barbershop feel. Because I mean, that's that's really where my passion is. Like I, like I said, I mean, I, I do the low tapers, I do the, you know, um, <clears throat> the low skin and razor fades, and I do some of this new age stuff. But I've also got a really solid foundation and an old school technique that has honestly been forgotten. I mean, in the 70s and the 80s, you know, that was kind of the dark ages for barbershops because a lot of people were growing their hair out. They were letting it get longer. Oh, yeah, true. Yeah, so, I mean, I talked to a barber that, that I mean, he had barbered for almost 45, 50 years, something like that. And he said in the 70s he actually went back to school to learn how to cut long hair. Yeah. So that he could offer that in his shop. And he said that's what got his family through the 70s. It was because everybody had long hair and he had to know how to cut long hair. Yeah. So, um, you know, but those those old school traditions and that old style of cutting hair um, has really, you know, it's it's really been forgotten, especially in smaller towns. You know, it's smaller towns typically have that high and tight, flat top look, Yeah, you know. Military style haircuts. Yeah, those. Uh, my mom tried to do that. She tried <laughs> to. Uh, I went from having braids, which I hated, because you get made fun <laughs> of at school, and then the military style haircut, and I was, I cannot do. I'll run away from home. You know the, you know the dramatic teenager. I'm gonna run away. That was yeah. me. Um, but speaking of the the old style, uh, you were showing me the. The blades that they used to cut, basically, I think beers usually. It was a um, razor, yeah. Yeah, the razors, and how I was, I was saying that they look blunt, and how they cut, and you were cutting with it. Yeah. So can you like, can you explain how those work? Because I don't think any any of us who doesn't cut hair really understand. Because we watch the movies, and we're like, ah, oh, you know, it's just an old school way of doing it. But none of us really know how those blades work. <coughs> So along the edge of those blades, they have, it's just a really thin, um, I think now typically they're all stainless steel, but it's just like your, your Gillette's or anything else. It's just a really thin blade. Mm. And uh, the straight razors that we use in here, you know, we have changeable blades so that whenever we shave somebody's face or shave somebody's neck, we can replace that blade with a new one. And then we've got a clean sanitary razor to use on the next person, you know. And uh, 
the old ones that they that they used back in the 40s and 50s those you know you might get a hundred you might get 125 shaves out of those and then they had to be honed again yeah and uh you have to hone them and strop them and sharpen them back up well the ones that we have you know we just pull them out and put a new one new cartridge in and and shave away but that's basically all it is it's the same thing you know it's just like the safety razors they had back in the 60s and 70s and 80s you know Mm. or maybe even before i think they may have had them a little bit before that you know they just had a a double-edged razor that sat down in the top of it and then you twist the bottom and it closed the top on it you know it's basically the same thing okay is that that makes sense so who's hunting? Because as soon as I walked in, I see, <laughs> I mean, and I, I used to hunt, and I'm like, oh, you know, this this feels like my house. <laughs> I walked in. I mean, outside the barber stuff, it feels like my house. You got the deer, and the guy just brought in a duck. Yeah. So are you hunting, or is he hunting and bringing you stuff? Well, um, I don't hunt a whole lot anymore, and I haven't since I was a kid. You know, I, I'm really into fishing. That's That's my thing, so... I need to get some fish to hang on the walls in here. Uh, I actually, uh, the the he's the administrator for the Kentucky Board of Barbering. Mm-hmm. I actually purchased some chairs off him, and uh, that deer and that turkey fan um, were in his barber shop before he became the administrator for the Kentucky Board of Barbering. Mm-hmm. And his father had killed both of those, and uh, he. He said that if he kept them, they were just going to collect dust in his garage. And then if I wanted them to hang in the barbershop, which is where they need to be, he said, you know, I'd rather see them in a barbershop as to sit here and just collect dust in my garage because I'm not going to do anything with them. So he ended up throwing those in whenever I bought some chairs off of him. I know some guys that would rather something rust away than to give it to anyone else. So that's (laughs) that's the nice thing you're going to do. It was. Uh, so why the Twisted Willow? Where'd you get this name from? So um, I actually did an interview with, uh, I believe it was Tourism, Forget Tourism, mm. and uh, they asked me the same question. And um, the the thing that really initiated it was like I was in a group chat with some of my buddies and and my cousins and and Mark and. We were just throwing names around, trying to figure out what we were going to call the shop. We had found a building. I secured the building, and I'm like, oh, man, we got to come up with a name, you know? Like, we got to have something to call it, you know? And um, there was a an uh, excerpt from uh, this new TV series, Yellowstone, and it was this cowboy talking to, uh, to one of the women in the show, and he told her, he said, you're either born a willow or you're born an oak. It's just the way it is. Mm. And that really hit home to me because I feel like, you know, there's some people that are oaks, you know, that are meant to be out here. You know, they they thrive working in, uh, you know, hard, you know, or physical labor type jobs, you know. And then you have people that are willows, you know, that are, um, I'm not going to say softer, but they just don't, they're not cut out to do yeah. some of those jobs, you know. Yeah, me. Um, yeah, me. Uh, <laughs> I've, listen, I've done physical labor my entire life. I've worked in weld shops, fab shops. I've worked in every factory within a 40-mile radius of Mount Vernon, Kentucky, <laughs> I feel like. You know, and, I mean, I, I've been all over this country. I've been to uh, Indiana, Illinois. I've been to Missouri. I've been to Texas. 
working, doing physical labor jobs. And it's not that I'm too good to do that. It's just that I don't really thrive there. I'm a people person and I love mm -hmm. people. And I don't want to be stuck out there looking at a cinder block all day or, or swinging a hammer all day or yeah. doing, you know, I'd rather be face to face with people. And I think that's, I think that's really what it comes down to is, you know, there's some people that can bend and flex with what's going on around them and kind of, uh, you know, make their way without having to beat themselves to death to do it. Yeah. You know, and I'm not going to say that's, you know, that that's why we named it the twist below, you know, um, the more I've thought about it and the more that I really, um, <clears throat> You know, I guess took more into consideration the the willow when we finally decided. You know, when I was like, we're gonna call it the twisted willow. This is it. This is what it's gonna be. Um, I really started thinking about my mom because my mom was a cosmetologist. She cut hair and she really pushed me to um, to go through school. And she actually she passed away when I was in school. Um, she died December 3rd of 16, and I didn't get out of school until March of 17. So, um, and to be honest, if it hadn't been for her, I wouldn't have been, I wouldn't have made it as far as I had mm. in school. Um, just for her helping us out and stuff like that, you know, just, we used to, I mean, some, I, I can't even begin to tell you how much that she'd done to help us, but if it hadn't been for her and, and my cousin Dakota, and a few other close people, you know, it, this none of this would even be a thing. Yeah. But um, my mom was what I would call probably a twisted willow. She was, she was one of them people that could, you know, cuss you and tell you I love you all in the same <laughs> sentence. She was one of them kind of people. It's just, yeah. just how she was. And I'm not necessarily that kind of person. I mean, but my mom was one of them kind of people. And I think, I think it it was it's just fitting. It just it fits, and it it means something to me now. You know this this company and the, you know what what we're about in here and the the quality over quantity. The the you know just having I don't even know how to say what I'm trying to say. Just having this kind of mindset over what we're doing. You know that is the Twisted Willow. Just doing it the right way the first time. That kind of ideology. Man, I, I thought it was a beautiful name and a beautiful logo. And it's, maybe it's a little bit of bias because I have a I have a tree as my logo as well. So I was like, you know, anyone with a tree, I'm like, that's cool. But the way you explain it is even more beautiful than what I could have imagined it to be. But so... Speaking of that and this building and the things you want to do with it. So in comes the third barber. You guys are already rolling and they're picking up business too. How long are you going to be here? Because eventually either you got to knock this wall down and put a whole bunch of more chairs right here. Or we got to get you a bigger building. Well, I don't have any intentions of really leaving this building. Um, Unless something, you know, out of my control, you know, mm -hmm. some unknown variable out of my control, you know, something happens that, that I have to leave this building. I really, 
I, I don't plan on leaving. I plan because the way that I plan on changing some of this stuff in here is like I'm gonna try to move the waiting room to the front of the building. I'm gonna try to I'm gonna put one big long uh, bar down this side of the wall mm -hmm. and have the chairs back to back down this wall. And if I have to, I'll put a couple chairs on that side over here. And then, uh, you know, I plan on putting, I'm gonna change the ceiling. I'm gonna have a floor put in here. Mm -hmm. I'm gonna try to put some trim around the walls, around the some crown molding and some baseboard. And I even thought about doing a chair railing around the middle of the wall and just kind of changing it up and giving it a different vibe, a different feel. You know, I, I've got, 10 million ideas yeah. on what I want to do but I know for a fact there's going to be a bar down this wall yeah. it's going to come from the corner all the way up and I'm going to have at least four chairs if not five I can fit on this wall and still have room in the front to put a uh, uh, a waiting lounge because like as far as these chairs are apart right now they don't have to be that far apart they're so far apart right now that we're we're actually wasting space, but it it makes it look a little fuller, so it's okay. Yeah. <laughs> you know? But once once we get more barbers in here and and we get this bar put in and and get it looking the way that you know going in the right direction anyway, we're really going to see what kind of space we got. And by the time the we get the uh, the waiting room up there in the front, and I plan on putting in like a Maybe like a small bar where you can come in and get a drink whenever you come in, which we got the fridge full of sodas and water, you know. And eventually I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try to keep a few beers in there and stuff like that. That way if you want to drink, if you're over 21 and you want to drink, you can get a drink and it's on the house. It'll just be included with the, with the haircut, no extra charge, you know. Yeah. Just try to give people some options when they come in, you know, as to what they want. You know, obviously... Early in the morning, you're probably not going to come in and drink a brewski or, or fix a pour a bourbon. I'm sure there's some people that might, but, um, you know, there'll be soda and water and coffee as well, you know, just try to cover everybody. There's one thing I wanted to make sure I asked before I get out of here was obviously you see that I'm struggling in this department, okay? And it's probably genetic. But I have tried every possible beard oil I can do to get this thing to grow. And the older I've gotten, the more it's grown. And it seems to do it by itself. But you obviously have the best genetics in the world. Your beard is amazing. <laughs> <laughs> and it's trimmed too. It's great. And uh, oh, he's showing it off now. He's doing that. <laughs> so, and you have this uh, beard oil station. And it's really nice. It's really nice. Um, so what do you recommend and what do you use for your beards? And what do you recommend for people who can't really grow one? All right, so as far as beard oils, um, I'm a big fan of Goat Scruff. Um, Jason Baker out of Crab Orchard, Kentucky. He's actually from here in Berea. I'm pretty sure his dad used to be the postmaster here in Berea. But um, Jason, he's he's a great dude. He makes the majority of our beard oils like I say majority. He basically about ninety nine percent. Occasionally, I'll get some Rusel beard oil, but I don't. I don't typically have it in stock. It's primarily just the the Goat Scruff beard oil out of Crab Orchard, Kentucky, and his beard oils have like vitamin A, vitamin E, 
They've got a lot of different things that are really healthy for your skin because it's really what beard oil is about. It's not really about the beard. Um, your face secretes a natural oil called sebum, and uh, your beard will soak that oil up, and that's what makes it look shiny and 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 nice, you know. Well, um, that beard oil is to replenish your skin with those oils that it's lost. This reason it's got vitamin A and vitamin E and, and these different things that are good for your skin, which in turn will, you know, help keep your beard healthy and keep your skin healthy. Um, as far as, uh, as growing a beard, genetics play a big factor. Um, <laughs> hope you um, say that. <laughs> so, um, I have seen a few things um, out there now. There's this new uh, dermabrasion roller that everybody's been going on about, and it's kind of like you know the the hair hair loss programs that they you know you have Bosley and Propecia, and you have all these different you know hair companies that are telling you, oh, put this on your head or take this, and it'll make your hair grow back. Well. That's not going to work for everybody. That's the reason you have mixed reviews on it. You have some people that are like, man, my hair grew back. It looks great or, you know, this or that. Well, that dermabrasion roller, it's like a, it's about that wide and it's probably big around as a quarter. It's got tiny needles on it. It's supposed to, you roll it on your face after you get out of the shower and it's supposed to like open up the pores or, or increase blood flow to the skin. I've heard success with those, but as far as like me personally, I've never used one and it may work for somebody else. It might not work for you or it may work for you and not for somebody else. I don't know. Um, that's a really tricky question because it's just like with the, with hair loss, you know, you have people that, that are balding or have a receding hairline or like, Hey, what can I do for this? And it's kind of like, you know, there's different products that are out there, but you're going to figure out which one works for you. Because they may not, you know, it may work for me, but not work for you. I mean, there's, there's just a million different things. You know, there's there's too many variables yeah. in that. So it's it's hard to say. <laughs> that is bad news. That is bad news. Uh, <laughs> that's really bad news. <laughs> but uh, where can we find Twisted Willow at? Uh, I know we could find you on Facebook. Uh, where else you got the barbershop? So we're on Facebook, we're on Instagram, you know, the Twisted Willow Barbershop. Um, we're also on Google, and um, I've been, we've, we, uh, we do our booking through Squire, and we've got somewhat of a, it's, it isn't really a website, but it's like a booking system where you can go on there, you'll be able to pick your barber, pick what day, pick what time, pick what service, and get all that set up. I think it actually goes in like, pick your barber, pick your service, then your day, then your time, in that order. But it's it's just real simple, real easy. And there's a book now option on Google, on Facebook, and Instagram. You can just click book now, and book your appointment. I'm actually planning on um, having a, a, or putting a post up about me going to appointment only, mm -hmm. without walk-in availability. Mark will still be doing walk-ins as you know as he can based around his appointments but he's he's starting to get more and more appointments and then when we get our third barber in here you know um, depending on how they do could 
decide whether they'll be doing just walk-ins or appointments mm. based on what clientele they have, you know. So it's a uh, it's really easy to find us. So I mean, you don't have to look very hard. Yeah. <laughs> I just wanted to make sure. I know people have. Uh, a lot of different places that they're on and some people have like one place you can find them mm-hmm. so uh, but make sure you go and follow them on everywhere he just listed and thank you for having us yeah, well I say us but thank you for having me I'm used to my sound person being here so I say us but uh, thank you for having me man. I appreciate that no anything you want to say before we get out of here I'm good all right. Uh, make sure you come and get your hair cut. He cuts everything. You've heard him say it. No excuses. He cuts everything. All right. See you guys next time. Oh, man.